0: Exodus 12 and verse number 37, and uh, this is them starting to Canaan, and uh, we'll read some scripture here and just give you a couple thoughts about them getting started. So Exodus 12 and verse number 37, we're going to read a couple verses here. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth about 600,000 "...on foot that were men besides children, and a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, and every even, even very much cattle. And they baked unleavened bread, cakes of dough, which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt, and, and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victuals." So here they are, they've been kicked out, they've been thrust out of, they've been thrust out of there. Let's go down to verse number 41. Our verse number 40 tells us they were there for 430 years in Egypt, verse 41, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the host uh, of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was night. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out of uh, from the land of Egypt. This is the night of the children, a uh, uh, night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. Know this to be true, that this moment, this moment of them starting to the land of Canaan was a promised moment. We go back to Genesis chapter number 15 and verse number 13 and 14. He tells Abraham, Thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that that is not theirs, and they shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they will serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out. This was something that was promised all the way back to Abraham. This was something that was promised when Moses came back into Egypt to tell him, Hey, we're getting out of here. We're leaving. This was the promised moment. This was something that was going to be for sure. This was something that was certain. This was something that was not going to change because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God's word is sure. And God's promises are always right. And God's promises are always going to be answered here it is, the promise of God. You're going to get out of there, and here he delivers. This moment was a promised moment, but it is a moment in which will come to pass. In Sunday school, we've been talking about the return of Christ and the things that are going to come. Look, those are things that will happen. Whether you want it to happen or not, whether you think that it will or not, it's going to happen. The return of Christ will happen. It is a promised moment in history. This is a certain, the certainty of God's promise is that it was sure. Verse number 51 tells, and it came to pass the self same day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt we see not only do we see that the promised moment the certainty of God's promise the consistency of God's promises God is always consistent about answering prayer about answering prayer God is consistent about him him performing his promises but not only this but we see this is a day of remembrance in this moment It was a day of remembrance. Look down in in verse number 3 of chapter 13. Verse number 1, and the Lord speaking to Moses, saying, verse number 3. Look what he says in verse number 3 in chapter 13. And Moses said unto the people, what does he say? Remember this day. Remember this day, this moment, this time. When you come out of the children, when you come out of Egypt, remember this day. Now, he says in verse, I, I, verse number 42, he said, "Is a night to be much observed. Here it is. They've been in slavery. They've been in bondage for, oh, for 400 years. And God says, remember this day. Why do you think that God would tell them, remember this day, so that when date, but I remember the exact day when God saved me. Hey, you need to remember that day. Why? Because that was the day in history that God sent you. Look, and you can take me back to the day. I know that you can. You can take me back to the day when God answered prayer. I've seen you do this. I've seen you do that. I may not remember the date, but I can tell you the day. And remember the day. He told the children of Israel, you remember that day. That way when in, in 400 years, they're still talking about that day. Thousands of years later, we're still reading about that day. Because we need to remember that day. When God released them, when God freed them, from Egypt hey Christian I remember the day when God freed me from my sin Psalms 106 says they soon forgot his works they soon forgot their, his works how true is that for many of us we forget what God's done and how God's worked and the answered prayer and the things that God has done for us, we forget too soon. We forget that it just happened. Don't forget. Remember that day. Things, things may get discouraging. Alyssa, sit in your seat. Back against the seat and look at Daddy. We might never remember every single good thing that has happened to us, but make sure that when God does something, write it down. Why? So that you will never forget. Because just in time passing, you will forget some days. Yeah, we'll forget exactly how it turned out. But if you write it down when it takes place, you'll always be able to Hey, let me tell you what happened. When I when I have an opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord, the first thing I one of the first things I do after I get I'm talking to them is I encourage them to take a pen and write in the front of their Bible the day that they got saved. And you say, "Why do you do that?" Because they need to remember that day. And I'm not I'm I don't think that you have to remember the date. I remember the date, but I don't think you have to remember the date, okay? But you need to remember the day. And that's why I tell people, write it on the inside of your Bible the day you got saved because Satan comes trip you up. Satan tries to mess you up. You can open that Bible and say, nope, I remember. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus. I remember when I bowed my head and accepted him. I remember that day. And as a Christian, we need to remember that day. But we need to remember those those answered prayer days too i've heard I've heard some stories I've heard some people in this room talk about how God answered prayer. Don't you ever forget those days? Don't you ever forget how God answered your prayer? so we see we see the moment in the starting. let's look at the multitude look, how many people are traveling in this in this in this band a It's a lot of people look in verse number thirty seven and the children of Israel journeyed from Ramsey to succoth about six. Hundred thousand on foot that were men yeah. beside the children. Okay? So let's just take 600,000 men and you give each one of them wives. And back then, who knows? They might have had four wives apiece. I don't know. Yeah. Huh? God help. I don't know how many wives they had. Two wives apiece. Woo! Yeah. Oh, my. They had trouble. For you guys. They, they had gun bonds and everything. They had, you know, they had... So not only... So we're looking at, well, yeah, let's say just adults, maybe close to a million by the time you get done with it. So now we're talking, that's not counting the children. And if you look at the average of... Now, you can't take the average of today. If you, let's just say, if you take the average of today, which is 2.3 per family, Right? So you take 2.3 and times that by a million, what do you come up with? You come up with a big number, right? Right. You come up with millions of people. So here they are. They've left Egypt. The multitude in in the starting, millions of people. Now, you think about that for just a moment. They had to have some type of organization to be able to travel with millions of people following in line. The, 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 the things that they had to put in place to be able to do that. But not, but not only do we see the count of the Israelites, but look at verse number 38. There was someone else traveling with the group as well. There was what the Bible calls a mixed multitude. Now you say, what is this mixed multitude? This mixed multitude is uh, from this. I'm going to read exactly uh, the 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 definition here. is composed of like rabbles of nomads, of foreigners, and others. Some of this group joined the Exodus because they were intermarried with some of the Israelites. But ultimately, there were not only were there millions from uh, the children of Israel, but then there was a multitude that came with them that weren't Israelites. So we're looking, I, I don't even know the number, the massive amount of number that is there to, to even say a number would be, uh, not, not, I, to be say a number would not even be, I don't even know how to, to tell you how many people there were, but millions of people as they were exiting Egypt. But this multitude, so here they are. But do you know what? And I said this just a moment ago. But the organization and the planning and all the things that took place for them to leave Egypt and to walk and follow Egypt. Uh, can you imagine in today's spectrum if you get out there and you have a million people and you try to follow one direction? Well, I think you ought to go this way. Well, I think you. Ought to, I, can you imagine that? I mean, we're leaving Egypt, follow me if you're going. And that's exactly what took place. They didn't go out there and say, all right, uh, where where should we go? No, Moses said, this is the direction we're going. Follow. Because can you imagine a million people's opinions? Well, I don't think we ought to head that way. I think we ought to go that way. What? But ultimately, they were following God's man and God's plan. Amen. And if we follow that, we're doing the best that we can. Heard a preacher say this, don't, or take, I'm sorry, take the high road. Take the high road. What does that mean? Deciding to do what's best and deciding which one's better. Best or better? And deciding to do better. Take the high road. What are you talking about? These millions of people, they decided to put their opinions aside and follow Moses. I mean, could they have said no? Why? They could have got their own group together and their own family together and said, no, 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 we're not following this guy. We're going this way. But no, they they said no, no. I'm putting my opinion aside and best and better doing what's better, better. So he tells them, he says, remember this day, the moment in the starting, the multitudes in the starting. But let's look at the memorial um, as they started. What is this memorial? Memorial. We see in in verse number 3 of chapter 13, he says, remember this day. Well, how do they remember this day? Go back to chapter 12 and verse 43. He tells them, and the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. Do you know what they started? They started the Passover. And so for the next hundreds of years, they instituted this uh, doing the Passover, taking the lamb uh, uh, without blemish and taking it and sacrificing it and putting the blood uh, on the altar. And that's what they did to sacrifice, to to say, this is remembering what took place in Egypt, the Passover. So they had uh, something in place to remember. And again, we need to have something in place to remember those things that are in our lives, they see. We see the we see the memorial, the uh, the Passover. Then we see the the firstborn son. Look in chapter thirteen verse number one and two. Chapter thirteen, verse one and two, and the Lord speaking to Moses, saying, "Sanctify unto me all the firstborn." Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is whose? Mine. And so the ownership of the firstborn belonged to God. This is God saying, hey, give your child to God. The claim is stated, it is mine. Verse number two, it is mine. This child belongs to God. What does that mean? I'm a firstborn child. What do you mean I'm a firstborn child? I bowed my head and accepted Jesus Christ. I didn't get salvation. I didn't get salvation from my daddy. I didn't get salvation from my my grandpa. I got salvation from God. When I bowed my head and accepted Christ, I became God's child. The Bible says in in, in Corinthians, You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. My body doesn't belong to Triton Stavics. My body belongs to God. God says, hey, I'm instituting this memorial, this Passover. I'm instituting that that firstborn child is mine. I'm a firstborn child. And guess who I belong to? I belong to Jesus. He belongs to me. I belong to God. I belong to God. Hmm. It's pretty interesting as you look at this text and the things that take place. But not only that, but I want to look at one last thing, and then we'll we'll close. He sets apart the firstborn. Go down to uh, chapter. You're in chapter 13. Go down to verse number 19. I know that we've kind of jumped a little bit here and there, just trying to put all these pieces together. It's a lot of scripture. I just didn't want to have to read all of it. You're welcome to go back and and read it if you want. But Verse number 19, the Bible says, And Moses took the bones of who? Joseph. With him, for he straightly swarmed... The children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. He had some orders that he was supposed to take the bones of Joseph. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because this was what he was supposed to do. This this is the lone verse about Joseph's bones is more significant than you may realize. It is the great testimony of faith. In God's word, that they were supposed to take the bones of Joseph. The last chapter of Genesis records the counsel of Joseph regarding his bones. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 24 and 425. And and Joseph said unto his brothers, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which He swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. This was an extension of God them putting faith in God to believe. I'm supposed to take these bones out of here. Some 400 years later. What a a text, as we look at this. Thank God for this, that that took place here. We see the moment, remember the day. We see the memorials that were made, the, the remembrances that were made. We see the multitude. And then we see the ordinances that God put in place to remember that day. So I encourage you to remember the day. And I I am talking about salvation, true. But remember the good days because you need them on your lonely days, on your discouraging days. Some people like to keep a blessings book Every time something good happens or a blessing happens, they write it down. Keep a book of them. So when something is going on in their life, they can go back and open up that blessing book and read what God did for them last year. Or read what God did for them 10 years ago. How little or how big you may think it is, when God works, you, think you need to thank God for it. Bible says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. So remember those days. Remember those days. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for letting us gather together this evening. I pray that you've used me in spite.